Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Fabs. Obviously, that's not a real name. My actual name is Fabienne, but people call me Fabs. But um, you can call me anything you like. With a name like Fabienne, you kind of get used to People just call me whatever they want. Mark did warn me. He said, you need to bring a magnet so that your notes don't blow away. And uh, I failed. I failed to bring that magnet so my notes will blow away. Um, Yeah, I'm so happy to be with you guys. I started going to the Vine about a year ago, virtually, and got connected through a John group. And then recently, um, actually just this past few weeks, I've come on staff. And so I'm really, really happy to get to be with you guys this morning. Uh, We're going through a series here at the Vine called Guardrails, and guardrails are like these statements that we have here that help keep us on track to building the culture that we want to have at the Vine. Um, And and Mark told me I could pick any guardrail I wanted, and I was going through the list, and there were like three or four that I was really excited about, and then I got to one that says, God deserves our best. God deserves our best. And I was like, cross that one off. I'm not going to do that one, because I don't know how it is for you, but for me, when I hear that, when I hear God deserves our best, almost instinctively, immediately, I have this like, um, like nervousness, like someone's going to come over here and tell me I've got to like serve more because God deserves your best fab. So like make sure you're volunteering in every possible opportunity you can. Or like if I present work that's not perfect, it's going to be like, oh, fabs. God deserves our best here. <laughs> you know, so I, I have a little bit of resistance to it. And you, you may feel that as well for different reasons or the same. But as Mark and I were kind of processing through it, I realized that it's really hard for me to hear that phrase, God deserves our best, and not like hear it through that westernized American cultural lens, right? It's almost automatic for me that, that what it means to give your best in America, I just take it and I apply it over here in the context of what God must mean when he asks for our best. And so I, I thought it might be fun this morning, fun, fun in quotes, to like kind of deconstruct that a little bit and talk about the distinction between what it means in America that God deserves our best and, and what it means to God and make sure we can get our hearts and our minds around building a culture where, where we at the Vine believe God deserves our best according to God. So you probably already know what it means over here in an American culture, so I'm not going to spend too much time breaking that down for you. I, I think it means producing, right? Accomplishing, working hard, getting your stuff done, producing whatever you can, the best that you can make. It's about accomplishing things and having something to show for yourself. And too often, I think it, it can mean something similar in the church, right? Maybe we Jesusify the language, but it's still about how much we produce. Like we measure success by how many people came or how many people heard about Jesus or whatever it is. Even if we're thinking on an individual lens, the kind of people we tend to celebrate in the church, sometimes it can be, you know, that guy must be giving God his best because he's been in full-time ministry longer than anyone I've known. Or, Or she must be giving God her best. She never says no. When you ask her for anything, she always provides, she always shows up, she always answers the phone, she must be giving God her best. We think about churches, that church must be giving God their best, right? They're, they're one of the fastest growing churches in the city. We tend to apply that American framework of accomplishing or producing, and we just kind of lay it over, over the Bible and read it through it. But the easiest 
And the fastest way for us to figure out if we're building a culture here at the Vine that is, is what God means when he says God deserves our best, the kind of culture God says that he wants here, the easiest way to assess whether what we're building is the same as that is to ask ourselves, like, how would Jesus fit? Would Jesus be celebrated in this westernized culture? Would he be celebrated if the standard for giving your best was accomplishing or producing, getting it done? If our best is determined by the Western grid, then I honestly, like, I think Jesus is kind of in trouble, right? He, uh, he definitely didn't spend more time in full-time ministry than everyone else. He didn't even start till he was 30. Like, I don't mean to brag, but I have been in full-time ministry longer than Jesus, right? If best is saying yes when someone asks you for help, or, or like, let's say you have the means, the provision to help someone, then when they ask you, you should say yes, right? That's giving God your best. But Jesus had the means to help everyone. And he said no a lot, right? So, so he, he fails on that standard too. In his lifetime, he did preach a couple of really, really great sermons. But the fruit and the longevity from those sermons and the people who were there, it, it, didn't, it wasn't sustained. And if I was the gossiping kind, I would tell you that I read somewhere that most of those people were only there because he's, he gave them food and stuff, right? That's what the Bible says. If you think about his church, right, Jesus did not create a megachurch, Right? He had 12 disciples. One of those guys betrayed him, and the other 11 scattered to the wind. Right? Jesus does not fulfill the standard that we might have. And, and maybe it's unfair to talk about Jesus in a Western context when he didn't exist, live in a Western context. He lived in an Israelite context. But even if you think about the framework the Israelites had for what it meant to give God their best— Jesus failed their bar as well, right? If, if you think about keeping the law to the letter, you've got this guy over here who shows up, Jesus, he's like picking wheat on Sunday, which is horrific, the Sabbath, not really Sunday, but you, you get me, Sabbath. He's doing that. He, he's like hanging out with a Samaritan woman. He's letting a prostitute wash his feet, right? Even his disciples were like, hey, you have a lot of capacity, Jesus. I think you could be like running the show. Maybe give God your best, you know? But Jesus didn't come to do that. And he died alone and naked on a cross, not even as like a hero of the faith or a martyr. He died as a criminal. Jesus shows us anything with his life. He shows us that whatever our standard is of what it means to give our best, the westernized culture has it wrong. It's off. We're missing it. And I was thinking about today and you guys and like walking in here and like maybe some of you are just exhausted and like tired and burnt out and weary. It's been a long year plus this year. <laughs> it's been rough. And I can only imagine if you walk in and this girl is like, let's talk about giving God our best. <laughs> You're like, please stop. I don't need another person to tell me how I'm not clearing some bar. How I, I, I don't want to hear from God that I need to be a better mom or a better spouse, a better employee, a better Christian. And I, I just want to say to you today that if someone has spoken that over you, it's not God. God's word for you today is not that you need to be a better mom or a better spouse or a better employee or a better Christian. That, that is not God's voice, right? Jesus shows us that that is not how God measures success. And I think God has brought you here today to give you the good news that 
our best, according to God, is measured by an entirely different standard. It's measured so differently than we've been told. We kind of have to forget all of this that we've lived, that we've been programmed with over here. God deserves our best. We want to create a culture here at the Vine where God gets our best. But we want that to be according to God, right? God deserves our best according to God. We want to build a culture in which Jesus would be celebrated. So all we're going to do the rest of the morning is, is kind of look at Jesus as a model. Look at his life. I think we can all agree that, that, that we hope Jesus was giving God his best. So let's look at his life and see what that meant. Okay, and there's two things we're going to talk through when we look at Jesus and we learn what that means. Jesus shows us that giving God our best is about embracing our design, right? It's about embracing two things. First, our humanity. Giving God our best is about embracing our humanity. And when I say that, what I mean is embracing the, like, limitations that come with being a human. There are just certain parameters that come with being a human, and Jesus embraced those. And embracing our divine power, right? Embracing the divine power that comes from being a new creation, not just a human. So that's what we're going to talk about. Let's start with the limitations. Jesus embraced his humanity. He embraced the limitations that come from being a human. He embraced his limitations, okay? And he did it in two ways. He embraced his limitations like as a person, Like, I am limited because I am human. Jesus embraced the limits that come with being a human. And then he embraced the limits that come from being a specific human. He wasn't just human. He was only one human, okay? So Jesus embraced the limits that come from being a human, right? Jesus was God. He could have accomplished anything. He could have done anything. But he chose to limit himself. He chose to put on flesh and become like us in that he was human. He let himself be reduced to a human body that could only be in one place at a time. He needed to eat. He needed to sleep. He needed to go to the bathroom. And, and he had a human brain that needed alone time, that could only focus on one thing at a time, that got bored, that got distracted, that had to pray to connect with his father. He embraced the limitations that came with that humanity and the limitations of it. And he also embraced the limitations that came from being a specific human, right? Mark introduced me this week to a theological principle called the scandal of particularity. The scandal of particularity. A lot of weird words, but I have become obsessed with this concept. It's the idea of like how scandalous it is that Jesus limited himself to not just being human, but to being a specific, particular human. He didn't get to live in all the different times, all the different eras. He didn't get to live in all the different kinds of bodies there are out there. I'm gonna get attacked by a bee. Save me. Y'all just sit there and watch. Uh, I don't know what you could do even if you like ran up here. It's a bee, Fabs, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> but he, he, did, he, he reduced himself, he limited himself to being a specific, particular human, born to specific parents, right? Mary and Joseph, who had their own specific relational patterns, their own specific attachment issues, and he limited himself to only knowing the experience of growing up in a family with those relational patterns. He was limited in his specifics. He limited himself to a specific body, that had specific weaknesses, is prone, susceptible to specific illnesses or specific diseases, Jesus embraced his limitations, both as a human, 
just the kind that come with being mortal and also that come from being a specific human. And you too, you're limited in the same exact ways. And giving God your best is not about working around those limitations. It's about embracing them. You are all so limited. You are just a human, right? You need sleep and you need food, and you need air, and you're also specifically limited. You have limits that have to do with the type of body you're bound into or the specific family you were born into. You have limits today that you didn't have two years ago because of the specificity of this moment. You have limits this morning that you didn't have last night, depending on how much sleep you got, right? And those limits, they are not a threat to your best. They're not a threat to you giving God your best. They're actually guiding you towards it, right? Our best, let me explain what what I mean by that. Our best is bound in a frail human body. And our best is bound by a specific human body. And there's not shame in that. There's not failure in that. That's not like the system not working. There's no threat in it. Look, I, I know you could produce more, like you could get more done if things were different. You didn't have those limitations. Like if you didn't have to eat or sleep, yeah, you could get more done. You could produce better work for your employer if you didn't get tired, right? If there wasn't a pandemic, if you didn't have these specific limits, if your kids were back in school, if your kids were older, if your kids were younger, right? All of it comes with specific limitations. And I believe you that you could produce more without those things. I believe you that those things, those limitations are a threat to you giving God your best. But only if you giving God your best is this Western ideal of producing. They're only a threat if we're living over here. They're not a threat over here because God isn't into the whole producing thing. Like, that's not his game plan. God, what he wants from you is less producing, less accomplishment, accomplishing, and more leaning, more believing, right? He says that, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. And in Christ Jesus, neither getting your to-do list done or not, neither memorizing books of the Bible or not, count for anything. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. The world is interested in you producing, and your limitations are a threat in the world to you giving your best. But God is interested in you believing and leaning and depending and abiding, and your limitations, they're like uh, lights on the edge of a runway that are guiding you into that, that are helping you get there faster and clearer, right? Um truth time is that I actually think I do pretty well most of the time in the Western culture ideal here. Like I am a person who likes to produce. I like to accomplish. I make my own planners. I have my little checklist. I'm into it. Um, And it seems like it's worked out okay for me. (laughs) I can feel pretty good when I produce and give God my best. But last March, I got sick. I you guys probably haven't heard about this, but there was, there's a virus that's been going around. I think it's called like coronavirus or something like that. I got sick with it last March, and I was like, oh, this is unpleasant. I can't produce. <laughs> I can't accomplish anything. I can't produce for my employer. I can't produce for my friends. I can't produce for God. My quiet times are really struggling. This isn't going well. And I was like, it's okay. It'll be a couple of weeks, right? You're Googling 14 days. There will be 14 days of symptoms. But I'm one of those lucky few who had long haul or long COVID, as people call it, which means it never stops. It just keeps going. And I feel like I handled it fairly well in the beginning. But by like July, guys, I was hardcore done. And all of the things, all of this Western ideal of best, I I remember just like, laying in bed being like, I can't, I can't, I can't give anything 
I'm a failure. I can't even answer my emails. I'm not responding to my friend's texts. My brain doesn't work well enough to like open the Bible or even think about anything. Like I, I don't know what that means. And God and I had some conversations, <laughs> heated conversations, and worked through it. That, this, that was really the long part of the story, but I'm making it sound like it's about this long. Um, and at some point, there was like this breakthrough. And I remember like laying in bed, looking up at my ceiling and just being like, I am giving you my best, like a hundred percent giving you my best. And I don't mean like, sure, that's your best for now, right? You used to be able to do more, your capacity's diminished, so this is now your best. I mean like in my head, when I imagine it, God is not up there with the angels. He's not like, yeah, guys, this is her best. Lay off her a little bit. Like, look what's going on with her. She's sick. Give her a break. I don't think God was like that. I think he's like, she is giving me her best. Because for God, he doesn't look back six months when I was producing and think that's better. He doesn't care about it. That wasn't his bar. That wasn't his standard. That wasn't better fabs. Best fabs is, is leaning into him, is, is depending on him, is needing him. And this limitation that I ran into because of my human body and my specific human body, it is helping me get to a place where I can give God my best. It is ushering me into a moment where I can lay in that bed and lean in a way I haven't in years, right? And, and I think God is up there in heaven like, look at this. She's giving me her best. And I was. I was giving God my best, right? Giving God our best. The first part that we need to know about it is it's embracing our limitations, both those that come from being a human and those that come from being a specific human. But we're more than just humans, right? We're also new creations, right? We also have the spirit of the living God inside of us. So, so if we wanna give our best, it's gonna have to include embracing our limitations and it's going to have to include embracing our divine power, right? Embracing our divine power. Jesus didn't just embrace his limitations. He didn't just say no. He also, he also healed. He also raised his buddy Lazarus from the dead. He also spoke with authority, and those listening were like, that's God, <laughs> right? He embraced his divine power. God deserves our best, and that does involve serious limitations because of our humanity, but it also involves serious, supernatural divine power. And just in the way our limitations are given to us in one sense universally and one sense specifically, our divine power is given to us all in one sense as new creations and then specifically to each individual, right? That's, that's the passage we listened to at the beginning. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. There's something about the divine power we were given that is the same, right? And I know we've heard that before, right? Like same spirit inside of you, but like think about that for a second. Like take a minute on that one. It's kind of crazy, you're empowered by the same spirit as me and, and we're empowered by the same spirit as, as King David, right? When he's dancing in the temple and he's worshiping the Lord and the spirit of God is upon him, that spirit, same spirit, same exact substance of God is inside of us. It's inside of you and me, same spirit as Peter when he preached at Pentecost, 
right? Same spirit as Mary when she felt Jesus leap in her womb. Same spirit as Ruth when she was like, I guess I'm gonna leave behind all of my people and go with you, Naomi, and make a covenant with you. Those, those heroes of old, that spirit, the exact same one is in us. It's the same. So, so you have the same empowerment. You have access to the same divine power that Jesus had when he was resurrected from the dead. Like, that's a big deal. If you wanna know what kind of divine power you have in you, you can look at Jesus and you have the same kind of divine power. And like, I know it's hard to, to get that, to believe that, but like if you pick a person in your head right now, think of a person, I know it's hard because I'm talking and you're distracted, but, but pick a person in your head that you are sure had a divine purpose, a divine calling. Think of a person that you're like, I saw the spirit do crazy things through them. I know they were on this earth for a purpose. Think about that person and know this, that you're empowered by the same God with the same spirit for the same purpose. There is no distinction in that gift of oneness, right? And at the same time, Paul, when he says all that about oneness, he goes on to say, there is one body and one spirit, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Same spirit. Same power given to each one, totally uniquely. It's this like miracle of diversity. It's like the same spirit poured into each of these vessels. It takes a totally distinct shape in each of us. And there is no other and nor has there ever been any vessel that holds the spirit the way you do. Just like Mr. Rogers says, right? There's only one like you in the whole world and there's never been anyone exactly like you before and there never will be again. That's straight gospel, right? No one shows off the spirit the same way. That uniqueness, you, you have a divine power in you and in the general sense, it's the same for all of us that it's powered by the same spirit. And then in a specific sense, it's utterly unique to you. And that uniqueness, just like your limitations in the world over here in the West, Western culture, it's a threat, because in a threat that bases you, giving, bases you giving your best off of what you produce, we need to know what you produce. Like it's, it's got to be individualistic. It's got to be about your specific resume. God, crazy God, right? Not interested in producing, interested in depending. Also not really into the whole like individualistic thing. He's pretty much into the like one body, interdependent, not good for man to be alone vibe. That's like God's cultural thing. He wants you to depend. He wants you to lean. He wants you to recognize that your unique gift is also an invitation to embrace everybody else's unique gift because you're only uniquely gifted in one way. You can't be all the things to all the people, right? And that's not bad news over here because God's best, us, us giving God our best is a group project. It's a community activity. I love I love that in this guardrail, it says God deserves our best. Not Fabs' best, our best. God deserves our best. It's, it's one body now. For this body to be healthy, every part has to be healthy. Every part has to embrace their limitations and embrace their divine power, right? And I know everybody's in different places here today. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna ask the spirit to sort of catch you where you are. And like some of you need to hear the truth today that like 
because of that oneness, it's not just about you anymore. Like, embrace your limitations. And I don't say that as like a rebuke. I say that as like permission. Like, you don't have to be good at all the things. You were never supposed to be good at all the things. You were never supposed to be everything to your kids or everything to your spouse, every kind of task good at for your employer. You, you weren't supposed to be good at all the things. You're unique. You're specific. You were never supposed to have time to say yes to all the things. That's why it feels like you don't have time to say yes to all the things. You were never supposed to have the energy to do all the things. That's why it feels like you don't have the energy to do all the things. Embrace your limitations. If you keep, if, if, if you're a foot and you keep trying to act like a hand in this body analogy that Paul keeps giving, then, then what happens to the hand? If you take up space that's beyond your limitations, you are pushing someone else out of the space they were made for. You're robbing someone else of their place in this body. And more than that, you're going to burn out and you're going to feel broken and useless because you're trying to be something you're not made to be and you're gonna feel like, why am I not good at this? And the truth is, because you're not embracing your limitations. God doesn't need you to be good at everything. He needs you to embrace your limitations. And some of you need to hear that. You need to hear that it's not just about you. Let other people take their space. And some of you need to hear that it's not just about you, but it is absolutely about you. It has to include you, right? That's what Paul says at the end of this passage, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The whole body, he's just said Christ is the head of the body. And then he says the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Like that's the craziest. Jesus is the head of the body. And he's saying my plan here for this body to build itself up in love is not for me as the head to like micromanage everything. It's for me to entrust my divine power to every single supporting ligament that is needed, that is necessary to hold this body together. It's not just about you, but it is not possible without you. You are necessary. It's necessary for you to embrace your limitations and embrace your divine power. God deserves our best according to God. And that includes embracing our limitations and embracing our divine power. Uh, when I was preparing to teach this, I was chatting with a friend. It's uh, been a minute since I've taught. Uh, it's a thing that used to be a part of my life and then hasn't been partially because of COVID and then partially just because like it's a weird thing to roll up into a church with people you don't know, uh, which is this is how I used to do it, not how I'm doing it today. But you go to like a women's retreat or whatever and you come in and you don't know everybody, you don't know where they are and it's just a different thing. My friend was asking me about this and I was like, it's such a different experience to prepare this for a church that I've now committed to, right? That I'm, I'm, I'm a member here, I'm on staff here, I'm going to be here. It's a different feeling to do that. And, and I, could, I, I was telling my friend, I can feel that tension of like, I just really would like to do this perfectly, to like produce really well for you so you think I'm cool and funny and like smart and interesting. And, and I honestly, I'd like to do that for God too. Like God and I, we've had a season, like we've been through some things and I feel like changed from the inside out by all we've been through. And I want so badly to like be able to, 
teach today and like have that be clear, like have this be the best thing I've ever said (laughs) because like I feel like he deserves that from what we've been through. But I can feel those like limitations, right? My brain fog from my long COVID is still there. I'm, I've been working another job as well. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I feel that limitation in me. And, and I was telling this to my, all to my friend, and I was like, you know, there's, I just have to remember there's nothing to prove, you know. And my friend was like, yeah, of course. Nothing to gain, nothing to lose. You're home now. You're home now. My friend just said those words like it was a throwaway, and I was like, I'm going to need a minute. Like, what a concept. You're home now. Like, you're home now. What would be different if we believed that? I don't just mean the vine. I mean, like, as humans believing, like, we're planted in the gospel. Like, we're safe. We're loved. There is nothing to earn. You've been adopted into this family, like with God, the adoption's complete. You're home now. Like you're home now. God's not up there asking Fabs to make this like cool thing so that I can belong in his family. I belong in his family. It's done. And and God is inviting me to just be me, (laughs) to just be me with all my limitations and all my weirdness. And all my divine power that is the same spirit that the saints of old have had and that the friends I've walked with in the faith have had and that you have, the same for all of us. And Friday night, I just was alone with God and like couldn't get over that and praying through it on Friday night. It was just like this delight from God. Like, yeah. Did you think like I was waiting for you to like put together a great sermon? <laughs> like, I just want to do it together. Like, Let's just be you. That's all you ever had to be. I didn't ever want anything more than that. And it has been such a sweet, joyful, like laughing out loud process. And like by the world standards or by old Fabs's or probably really current Fabs's standards, like, no, it's not my best. But like by God's, yes. Like I love him and we did it together and it's awesome. And that has been so sweet and so free. And that's what God has for you. He, he didn't bring you here this morning to tell you that, that, that you need to give him your best and that's a higher bar. He came to set you free from all the bars and tell you that all he wants from you is just be you. Like be you, the human that he made, the specific human that he made. Be you, this like divine divinely empowered new creation that has the spirit of the living God inside of you. Be you where you are specifically today, not five years ago you, and not five years from now you, you today. That's who God is interested in. That's the part of the body that he wants to function properly by embracing your limitations and by embracing your divine power.